Hi, I'm Sarah Trott, and welcome to the Fourth Trimester Podcast. I'm a new mama, and this podcast is all about postpartum care for the first few months following birth, the time period also known as the fourth trimester. My postpartum doula, Esther Gallagher, is my co-host. She's a mother, grandmother, perinatal educator, birth and postpartum care provider. Fourth trimester care, our topic, is about the practical, emotional, and social support parents and baby require. And importantly, it helps set the tone for the continuing journey of parenting. Hi, welcome back to the fourth trimester podcast. I'm Sarah Trott, and I'm here with a special guest today. Erica Kramer is a Bostonite, and she is actually joining us from Melbourne, Australia, which has been her home for the last eight years. She is the mother of two. She's a wife, and she's a confidence coach. She's taking a bold stand for women to reclaim their relationship with confidence. She works with hundreds of women to unpack and deconstruct their personal relationships to their self-confidence. Erica embraces and highlights the process of becoming. This energetic Latina always keeps it real and raw, expressing herself openly and authentically and encouraging us to do the same. Her most recent project, The Confident Mama, is dedicated to sharing the beautiful journey of motherhood in its absolute truth, empowering mothers to feel confident and capable through pregnancy, birth, and the toughest and most rewarding hood of all motherhood. I reached out to Erica because I was a huge fan of her Instagram. I encourage our listeners to go check that out. And while I'm at it, I'm going to also remind everyone that we have a website, which is fourthtrimesterpodcast.com. So go and sign up for our newsletter if you have not already done so. And I also want to remind you to go and find us on Facebook. You can find Erica at the Confidence Queen or the Confident Mama, and you can find Fourth Trimester at Fourth Trimester Podcast on Facebook. Um, So I reached out to Erica because I was a huge fan of the things she was posting on Instagram, and she agreed to talk with us. So I'm really, really thrilled. And part of the reason I wanted her on our show so much is because she offers a confidence masterclass. And this episode is going to be a recorded version of some of the highlights of that class, um, a very practical exercise. So you can listen to this one over and over and get real takeaways that will help you on your journey, which is a lifelong journey of confidence building. And so without further ado, welcome, Erica. Thank you so much for being on our program. Hello. Thank you. I'm so, so excited. I love your podcast and I love we talk about fourth trimester because it's huge in motherhood and parenting. Yeah, absolutely. Especially thank you for waking up so early. I know it's <laughs> 7 a.m. your time. Yeah, I know. I'm like in the future, guys. <laughs> Sunday, 7 a.m. <laughs> crazy. So uh, just to get us warmed up, Erica, would you be comfortable sharing a little bit about your own fourth trimester experience? Yes, definitely. So I have two babies, as you said. So my first is going to be three on Wednesday and my second is seven months. Um, the first baby was, uh, in my head, a planned home birth and I was very passionate. I will call it (laughs) about that and kind of like anti anything else, which was a crazy space to be in. And when I ended up, my waters broke, um, nothing kind of happened and he wasn't coming out. So we ended up having to go to the hospital, which at the time was like my biggest fear. And then in a long story short, he ended up as a cesarean. And so it was really kind of traumatic for myself and definitely my husband to have that birth, which was not like, as I say, quote unquote, not in the brochure, you know, like we weren't ready for that. So after that, I kind of felt really um, down on myself, like I had failed and 
a little bit of depression when I got out of the cesarean. And so it felt really overwhelming because obviously like every first time mother, we're like, what the hell is going on? Like what happens? What's going on? I haven't slept. So I think that was hard because I didn't get the birth that I thought I wanted. And then I thought I was the, like I was the one who failed. And obviously now I've learned that that wasn't the case. But um, I think at about six weeks, I was really like, I can't handle this shit anymore. And like, I woke up crying at 3am, like, this is not fun. You know, like, I just, I felt like I was just really overwhelmed with it all. But then after six weeks, everything came in play and it was great, you know, and everything was fine. But then when my second baby, I thought, oh, it's going to be easier. And he was easier as a baby. But I actually got a lot of anxiety, like really bad anxiety in my fourth trimester with, um, with Nava, with my second. Um, and we had a doula. And that birth was a home birth, a VBAC at home. And it was so amazing and empowering and beautiful compared to the first birth. And it was just it was just so interesting because my support team was different and my information was different. And I didn't have that fear and judgment of the system anymore. I kind of like let that go and was really open to what was going to come. So I had an intention versus an expectation. And I really feel like that just changed everything and and it was it was a beautiful birth it was a beautiful um the the next month following but then I think at about the three month mark it just became a little bit uh, I was really anxious about him and sleeping and SIDS and which is like that caught death I think you guys call it caught death in America is that what that's called yeah, we yeah, that's we definitely um, know the term SIDS as well. SIDS, okay, cool. Yeah, so I forgot all my Americanness now. <laughs> um, yeah, so so that was interesting because I didn't think I was going to get like full on anxiety after having my second, um, but I definitely did for the first like three months. I didn't want to leave my couch or go anywhere. It was it was pretty crazy. But now, um, I think a lot of the coaching work helped me, and my husband was amazing, and we had a doula and support team. So. I didn't go full into like postnatal depression, but I, I feel like I had moments of it. Like that's what I like to call it. I was like, I'm having a moment of it. Not like I am now postnatal because that for me would have made me go deeper into a hole. Does that make sense? Like I didn't want to like call it mm-hmm. a thing for myself. Yeah. Yeah. Acknowledging something makes it seem more real, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then it's like, this but is you know, everybody. nine out of nine out of 10 women. Yeah. Right. It, it hap- it's so common. Nine out of 10 women experience uh, some degree of postpartum yeah. anxiety. Yeah. I saw that in America and like in Australia, it's one, one in seven. Like it's like, it's, it's everybody's get. And I really think that we all have it at a time, but it doesn't mean it has to be like a badge and you are now a postnatal depression person. Like, I have moments still, I'm like, oh my God, I'm losing it. And then I'm like, and then I say to myself, like, this is normal. Like, don't kid yourself, honey. This this hot mess of a life that you have in this moment is totally normal. This is motherhood. This is parenting. You know, and then I go, okay, like, let it go because it's normal. I think when we think that it's supposed to be all cute and pretty, like Instagram photos, we're like, why is it not like that? It's like, that's not like that for anybody. You know, everybody has it messed mm-hmm. up and crazy. It is not. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Yeah. So tell us more about this class. Okay, great. I'm super excited to do this today with you guys. So basically, I um, I really found that I was doing styling in, in Australia, like I'm um, helping people like dressing for your body shape and loving your body. And I love dressing nice and feeling good about myself, right? Obviously. But I was finding that in these workshops I was doing, 
we were talking about really small things that don't matter. Like what shoes do I wear with this? Or can I wear yellow? Like I was kind of like, you know, what? I don't really want to talk about the surface level of confidence, the external layer, because I, f- I believe we have like two layers of confidence. And it's like the internal, which is your inner confidence, which is like the real one that we really need to address. And then the external, which is how you look, you know, your hair, your makeup, your clothing, your all of that stuff that we externally validate ourselves with. So I kind of was like, I'm over this. I want to go deep and talk about the deep conversations. So I would kind of weave my confidence coaching into the styling workshops. So people kind of were like, this isn't a styling workshop. Oh my goodness, we're talking about mindset and confidence and all this. And then I just said this year after having Nava, I was like, you know what? I'm done. Like in January, I'm going to cancel my styling event. I'm going to rebrand it and call it Creating Confidence. And it's going to be all about confidence and that's it. And it was really scary because I had people that bought tickets to the event and I had to refund them. And of course, they were like, I want to go to a confidence workshop. So I was like, awesome. And I just thought that if we could sit and gather as women, because I work with women, and talk about, you know, why is it that we lack confidence? What are the what are the things that really, you know, impact our confidence as women? Why are we not all living the life of our dreams? It's not a pipe dream. Like we can, you can access that inner alter shego is what I call her, like that amazing woman inside of us that she's awesome. She's great. She's the life of the party. She knows who she is. She goes for what she wants. She's funny. She's hot. Like we have that person and we've all been there sometimes, but I believe that she's in everyone, but we've just like pushed her down with like our negative thinking and bad thoughts and comparison. And it's just like layer upon layer of like silencing our inner alter shego, our queen, our inner beautiful woman who is who we really are and like if we can peel back the layers like an onion and like crack it open she can come out and really be who she is but like we're too worried about comparing ourselves and being negative that we keep stuffing her back down so she comes out a little bit but then we put her back in and and I'm like let's crack her open and why don't you just be her because that's who you are so that's like in a nutshell why I kind of started doing the workshop so um if you uh, can I get Mm -hmm. right into it is that good or are we Oh yeah. Yeah. No, this, right. is exactly cool. <laughs> what, this is exactly what we want. Yes. Um, so basically when, when we start, it's a three hour workshop. So I'm going to give you everything we can in this, in this time space. And I think the biggest thing that I find is people talk a lot about confidence, but there's no how there's no like, okay, what do I do now? Like, what are some of the actions that we can take away? And as you said, I work with a lot of moms and I think one of the biggest things that we, that we need to really realize is like why you feel like you're lacking confidence. Like ask yourself right now, have a think about it. Why is it that I lack confidence? What's the biggest thing? Why am I not confident? And as you're thinking that, I want to invite you to recognize that nobody's confident, like nobody. It's good news, right? No one's actually confident because you can't own confidence. Like you can't go on Amazon Prime and order confidence times five, add to cart and like get it free shipping. Like It's not going to happen. So if you realize no one, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it would be so good, yeah. right? but like nobody owns it. So confidence to me, I see it as a practice. So like if you meditate, if anybody out there meditates or goes to the gym Think about it as a practice. So like any, anybody that you see, a celebrity, your best friend, you know, your mom, famous people that are looking really quote unquote air quotes here, confident, they are just in the practice of it. They are choosing to practice confidence and, and it's a choice, right? And we all have that choice. And the more you practice it, the better you get at it, but you never are confident. You're just practicing it, right? Because 
you can't be like in that one moment you're doing it. And in five seconds, a bird shits on you and you're like, oh man, or you chip your nail polish and you're like, oh my God, my hands look terrible or whatever. Like confidence is fleeting. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah. so, yeah. um, so I do, I do have something that I call the five C's of confidence and it, this is the practice. And I, and I invite people to, you know, if you're at home and you can hear it, write it down, whatever it is. But I think the five C's of confidence is really the thing that helps me go back into the practice, just like meditation. So the first one is choice. So like you make a decision. So you have a decision first and foremost, and we need to like really know that we're the ones that can choose this and have a decision that we make. The second one is courage. So you make a decision to be courageous. So confidence, as the quote says, you know, confidence takes courage. It's true. You know, you have to be courageous to put yourself out there in whatever it is that you want to be more confident in. The third one is create. So that's action. So action is what's going to give you the result. So you make a decision. You know you have a choice to make a decision. You practice being courageous, right? And then you create, take action towards what you're looking to get or what you're looking to do. Even one little step, right? Small action. And then the fourth one is consider. So I want you to consider, did you fail or did you learn? Because a lot of people say, I failed, keep going. I don't believe in failure. Like I honestly don't think that the human being can fail. Like, how do we fail? If something got messed up and it didn't work after you took action, you get to go, oh shit, that sucked. Okay, I'm going to shift that. Like you just got a degree in learning about how much that sucked. You know, you just, you just learn. As long as you keep going, you learn. So you can fail, but I don't say fail. I always say I learned. And then the fifth one is continue. So you repeat this whole process and build momentum. So it's like choice, courage, create, mm -hmm. consider, continue. So decision, courage, action, shit, I learned this, keep going, okay, continue. And anything that you're trying to do. So I really, in the space I work with, with the women is more about self-confidence. So I'm not like going to teach them how to drive a car or you know, do a skill. Because <laughs> obviously, I hate the quotes, like, I think they're so like, oh, rah, rah, rah. but the quote, like, you know, um, competence builds confidence. Yes, we know that. Duh. And it sounds really nice. But I think a little bit more practical for people. It's like, just get into doing it because nobody's really there yet. People we're so obsessed with thinking about how much we all suck, that no one's paying attention to how much you suck. So don't worry, right? Because like we're all sucking in our own little way. Like, oh my God, I'm not good at this. Oh my God, I don't know what I'm doing. But guess what? People are in, like Brene Brown says, you're in the arena. You're giving it a go. Like you're trying, you're out there doing some shit. And it's like, if you're not doing it, you're not going to get to see, oh, that really sucked. Or, hey, that was really good. I like that. Like you'll never know if you're not out there doing it. And people are like, I want confidence first and then I'll take action. And it's like, you just got to, you got to realize that the action is you being confident in your ability to take the action. Right. You know, like it's not, it's not this like, I'll be confident after. It's like, no, you have to almost like you have to believe it before you see it kind of thing. And really just jump off the building and then go, I hope I grow wings. And like you will right before you hit the bottom, you grow wings and then you're like, oh, thank goodness. But like, you're not going to grow the wings before you jump. Like first you got to jump and it's really, it's scary as shit to jump off a building with no wings. Right. And please don't, I'm not meaning really go jump off a building, but like metaphorically. And then it's like, okay, cool. Like, and that's how I, I really truly believe that we're all in a practice of confidence because even if you think, wow, she's really confident, she's a human being. And in two seconds, it's going to go. Her, her, 
Her husband's going to say something. She's going to read something. Something's going to happen in her mind and her thoughts are going to come back. And I want to talk a little bit as well in this about like why we do this, because I think it's really important for us to, to know why our brains are programmed to like put us in this kind of not negative thinking, but this like, I'm not good enough kind of mindset. I feel like it's a program in our brain. Mm-hmm. Um, and that really helped me to know that. So, so first and foremost, this is your five C's. So you start writing this down and I would just go ahead and go, okay, what's the decision that I need to make that I'm scared shitless to make that's going to help me be more confident in this area of my life. Understand that you have courage. You can totally be courageous. And courage to me means not giving a shit about what happens because you know you're on your own journey of trying to become more confident. And you can't please anybody while you do this because you're never going to be able to. And then action. What action is it that I need to take? Even if it's small, even if it's like, you know, finish editing that blog that I still haven't posted. Um, you know, tell my mother-in-law that, no, I don't want her to feed that to my kid. Like whatever action, like small thing, it can be tiny and then consider and keep doing it. Like just be committed to that practice. So that's kind of like the first and foremost main thing I like to, to go through. Um, second, I think what I was saying before, like we're programmed, right? So if you think about your brain, it's like 2 million years old and your brain has like really old software. So it's like the old Mac computers that were like big bubbles or like a Dell, even worse. It's like a Dell computer. And it's amazing. Our brain can do so much. But basically, you have to upgrade the software in your brain because it's still looking for like saber-toothed tigers, which is ridiculous. But that fright or flight mode thing is not like, oh, you might get embarrassed. It's actually like, oh my gosh, if people don't like you, you're going to be left alone in the tribe. And how will you get food and water? And how will you, you know, keep yourself protected from a T-Rex? Like that's what our brain is still trying to do. And it's like, <laughs> we don't have that anymore, you know? So people go, why, why do I always think negatively? It's like your brain's looking for what's wrong. It's looking for danger. So it looks in the mirror and goes, oh my God, I have crow's feet. Oh shit. Is that a pimple? Like that's what your brain's like. Your brain's looking for what's not wrong. I mean, what's not right. And because we've been filtered and conditioned by media, television, magazines, celebrities, we think that the right thing is a six pack and a slim body and the wrong thing is crow's feet and stretch marks and cellulite. Whether we think that consciously, it's so subconscious, it's scary, right? Like conditioned to the extreme. So when you look in the mirror, Sarah, and go, oh my God, is that a pimple? Oh my God, my pores are so big. Oh God, look at my stretch marks. If you're doing that to yourself, then when you look (laughs) outwards to the world, you do that to other people, not on purpose, but you judge forward like, oh God, she didn't paint her nails. Oh my God, I hate, her hair is really fizzy. So it's like, if we can try to stop doing that in other people first and foremost, then when we go to look in the mirror, we're not going to be so hard on ourselves. So I, right. I have an exercise that right. we do. Extending yeah. the same. Yeah. Yeah. Like extend the same love for others as you would for yourself. And it's so much easier to do it for others. I can totally compliment you and go, you're so beautiful but I can't look in the mirror. I can now, but like, you know, most women can't look in the mirror and go, Erica, you're amazing. Sarah, you are a sexy mama, you know, but I, you can say to Esther, Hey Esther, you're gorgeous. I really love this about you or Erica, you're so amazing, but it's really hard. I find that women find it so hard to compliment themselves. And that's the, I sent you the dove video link, which is so a perfect example of that. And it's like, just, if it's easy to practice, go out Whenever you feel really crappy about yourself, this is an exercise we do in the class. I get them to go up to somebody they don't know and just give them a genuine compliment. And it's so beautiful to watch, Sarah, because there's a room full of strangers and they go find somebody they don't know and they're a little bit nervous 
And Americans do this really well. Let me tell you, I love that I'm American in Australia because I'm so like friendly and happy and Australian people are a little bit more reserved. So I'm like, hey, good morning. And they're like, oh, oh, hello. Like they're looking around like, what do you want? Are you telling me something? I'm like, no, I'm just trying to say good morning, like in the elevator, man, you know? So we don't have an issue, but in Australia, it's a great exercise because they go up to a stranger and they're like, you have beautiful eyes, you know? And so I have them give each other a genuine compliment. And it's so funny watching the woman receiving because she looks a little bit uncomfortable. But then when she's giving the compliment, oh my God, it's like you light up. And I think that's one of the best ways to get out of your funky shit. If you feel like shit about yourself or you feel crappy or you feel a little bit like if you're like, I'm so this, I'm so that, poor me, I look terrible. Or you feel just one of those days where you're like, I'm a piece of crap and I hate everything about myself. I invite you to go off and find a stranger or help a family member, like get outside of yourself because in yourself, you're not going to find the solution to feeling better. It's all negative. It's all me, me, me. If you think about it, I this, I that, I'm not good enough. They don't want to hear about me. I'm not, it's all I. So if you go, okay, forget about I and step out of your body and go and cross that lady across the road, go help a stranger, go buy a coffee for somebody behind you in the line, like get outside of your own self and go serve somebody. I guarantee you it changes everything in your being. Like your mindset's better. You're, you're in a hope mindset. You're in a love mindset versus in fear, in, you know, talking negatively about yourself because that just spirals us you know, into other parts. Um, So I think that's number two. One of the things I have them do is find somebody they don't know and just compliment a stranger, like genuine. Don't say, oh, you're so good at math. Like they might suck at math, you know, like I do. So it's like genuine, (laughs) like, hey, I really love your shoes or, you know, whatever it is, like something. Um, And not so much to to expect it back, but just to get outside of your own funkiness because sometimes we can get really funky. Excuse me. Um, cool. So something else you guys, I really want you to understand is in our brains, how we go into the negative, we have these two roads, it's the low road and the high road. And the low road is like fast and irrational. And that one is like the one we go through the most. And then the high road is longer, it takes longer, and it's clear thinking. So what happens is it's sending your 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 brain signals. So like in the middle of the night, if you see a dark spot on the wall, you might go, oh, shoot, that's a spider. Oh, my God, it's a deadly spider. I'm going to die. And that's the low road. It's like irrationally fast and crazy. And then the other side, like the high road is going, is that a spider or is that just a shadow of the light bulb? And it's like thinking. And then when you work it out and you're like, no, it's a shadow, your fear kind of goes down. But like for two seconds, your heart's racing and you're in this like fear, amygdala, flight or fright. And then when you realize, because it takes a little bit longer for the high road to get it, you're like, oh, no, it's okay. So like our our brains really impact a lot of how we're feeling and what we're thinking. And then our mind, which is just, it's like, imagine an unattended, you know, your, your toddler unattended in the zoo, right? Like your two and a half year old is in the zoo by themselves and you're like, oh my God, it's going to be a hot mess. It'll be a disaster. Or like you leave them with mm-hmm. all your makeup. Like imagine your makeup's going to be everywhere, right? So your mind is kind of like messy like that. And so if we don't like pay attention to what we're thinking, and this is the thing that really helped me with my second baby, with my like postnatal moments, I was calling them because I was watching my mind and I was like, what? That's not true. Like 
relax. Like what's happening? So I was just looking at what I was thinking, like almost like opening my mind and watching it with my eyes just to see the sequences of thoughts that were coming up. So um, this is something that there's a lady, she's actually, um, she's from California, but she's in Texas and she has a podcast. And I think I sent you the link for that. She talks a lot about this. She's a coach as well. And watching our thoughts and making sure that what we're thinking is something a true and most of it's not true and b like where's that thought coming from is that like a thought from your childhood that you keep thinking and that's negative based or fear based or future based and really i mean what is it 75,000 thoughts we think a day like we think so many thoughts mm-hmm. per day and like 85% of them are from the day before or the week before so they're like recycled thoughts not not any new really no new thoughts. So if we're thinking all of these negative thoughts about ourselves and we don't, we don't know that, which it sounds crazy, crazy to say, like, I want you to know your mind more than anybody else, but like no one knows their own mind because we don't spend time opening it up, shining the light in the dark areas of our mind because it's a little bit confronting. It's a little bit scary. You know, it's kind of like, oh, I don't really want to go there. There's like, you know, cobwebs and spiders and skeletons. But if you can go there, you get to see like, what are the thoughts that are serving you? And what are those 10 really shitty thoughts that you keep thinking? Like, look at that one. It's like, oh, that's a horrible thought. I've been thinking that for 10 years. Or, hey, that's like a thought from my mom. Like, that's actually not my thought anymore. It's my my parents from my upbringing. Like you really get mm-hmm. to watch. So so this lady, Brooke Castillo, she talks about doing a thought download. And I do it with my with my women like a, I don't call it that, but it's basically like an inventory. So it's like a mind mm-hmm. inventory or a thought inventory. And what you do is every day for like three days, you just take a piece of paper and, ru- and think about, like close your eyes like you're going to meditate and see what comes to you thought wise. And you might get like a rush of 10 to 15 to 20 thoughts. And the idea is for you to write them down. Like right now, if you stopped and went, what am I thinking? I'm thinking I got this going on, or I'm thinking I feel really fat and bloated or whatever. Like you just write, 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 like almost unconsciously write and let your hands go crazy. And then you just have a look at that. And I I guarantee like most of the time, 80% of what we're thinking is not positive. And then the rest of it may be stuff that hasn't happened yet. So we're thinking about next week or anxiety stuff that's in the future nothing's really like a present thought. So if you can understand that when you're in the heat of motherhood, in the heat of parenthood, if, if you, you know, even in pregnancy, like, oh my God, I remember being pregnant and thinking all kinds of crazy thoughts and being like, that doesn't feel good because you know the research that's been done that depending on how you think in pregnancy will go into the baby as well and like imprint onto the baby when they're born. So your anxiety thinking can really be, have you heard this before? I mean, I think I've heard something very similar. Yeah. Yeah. There's like articles and there's like research that they've done now that's like proven that an anxious mother pregnancy, an anxious mother who's having really negative thoughts or in a really high stress environment, like in a crazy abusive relationship or something like that, like it's going Mm -hmm. into the baby. And so like their DNA and their programming is going to like the imprint is going to come out like that. So really in the whole experience of pregnancy, birth, post-birth, definitely birth, because it's full on, as you know, Um, you want to try to be like managing your mind a bit, because it it just, it will run amok on its own. And it's going to run amok anyway, because most of like 96% of what we do is subconscious. So 
um, for those out there that maybe don't know, because I get some people in the class who don't know. So conscious is like, you know, you're awake, you know what you're doing, I'm breathing. When you're meditating and you focus on your breath, you're being conscious. When you put your hand on your heart and you feel your heartbeat, like you're really conscious. Um, subconscious is like, you know, have you ever driven your car and like played music and got to the destination or talked on the phone and been like, shit, I don't know how I got here, but like your car and you drove mm -hmm. you there. So like scarily enough, that's, it's like patterns. Like you just do things cause it's a, it's a subconscious pattern. And then unconscious is like the black space. So like it's the dead black space where all your traumas and bad things kind of get buried like a blackout space. Um, but a lot of things can come from that if you're not aware of it. So to say that the human being walks around the world 96% subconscious, that's like, oh my God, like we're not really conscious as to what's happening. We're just doing things on a program. So this watching, so fascinating. isn't it crazy? It's just like, what? Yeah, it is. Well, and, and I love that you're using the phrase programming and that we're yeah. using the analogy of old software and, and that things are just kind of playing itself out and repeating yeah. in a way that we're not necessarily control of. Because I, I don't know, you, you probably have heard of like Louise Hay. Yeah, oh my God, I love her. She's the best. Yeah, because she talked a lot about, because she, she has tons of recordings. So you just listen mm. to it over and over and it seems odd. But then after about 30 days it settles into the subconscious mind mm. and it's rep helping replace the negative pattern with the positive. So I'm totally. a firm believer in, in everything you're saying. <laughs> yeah. And you know, Wayne Dyer is like my, I love him and rest in peace. He came to Australia and I didn't get to see him because I chose to see Oprah instead, but that was a tough choice, right? <laughs> like I love both of them, but then Seriously. he passed away after that. And Wayne Dyer's, he's also Hay House um, author. And, you know, he talks all about that and he's got um, heaps of videos and it's like, the thing is too, like if you can, if you can do negative self-talk, like if, when we are so good at that, let me tell you, especially women, like we can just go real deep into the negative self-talkness. Like, why can't we do positive self-talk? Like, why can't we? So if you, I have a YouTube channel where I, 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 last year when I was pregnant with a baby, I was working and driving a lot. So I was like, what can I do? Um, all I can do is film myself while I'm driving safely, obviously. Right. So I did all these videos and I would just talk to myself in the car and be like, I don't, I don't like how I feel right now. I feel crappy. Why do I feel so crappy? And then I'd be like, why do I feel so crappy? And then I'm like, and I invite my clients to do this. Like ask yourself out loud. I feel like crap right now. What am I feeling? I'm feeling sad. Okay. What am I thinking? Because this lady Brooke Castillo talks about it. Like, and this is just like psychology in it's in its best, right? It's like your thoughts create your feelings, which we know. And then, but most people get a feeling first. Like I feel sad. They don't really consciously know that they're thinking something that makes them feel sad. Like a lot, a lot of women that I coach are like, I feel the feeling. I don't think the thought first. Right. So like, I feel sad. Okay. Well, what are you thinking? Well, I'm thinking that, you know, I'm not a good mother. Okay. Well, if you're thinking I'm not a good mother, of course, you're going to feel sad. You're going to feel a little bit sorry for yourself. You're going to feel a bit terrible. You're going to feel a bit angry, you know? And then when you feel that feeling, what action do you take? So it's like you have a thought, you have a feeling, you have an action, and then you have a result, you know? And if you're thinking, you know, um, I look terrible in this dress. Okay, that's your thought. So that makes you feel ugly. That makes you feel fat. That makes you feel not good enough. So then the action you take is you don't go to the party because you hate how you look in the dress, right? So your action is inaction. You don't do anything. You just sit at home and you probably have ice cream because you're depressed, right? <laughs> so you're like, I'm not going. 
I'm just going to eat a little bit more ice cream because <laughs> I'm buffering. And then your result is like, you feel fat, you feel ugly. So the result kind of goes, plays back to your thoughts. So it's just like a negative spiral. So I'm like, if you can do that, can't we flip it on the positive? You know, like, can we choose to think something better? Like, do you know what? What else can you think about? Like, can you create a thought that you believe that's a little bit nicer? Like, you know what? I'm grateful that I have a party to go to. I'm grateful that I have friends. I'm grateful that I have arms and legs and my health. Like things that I think gratitude is a really big key. And um, I do with my ladies in the workshop, a mini version of Tony Robbins priming. Um, and I love this, by the way, if you can do this, Sarah, it's so good. I think it's great for mothers because he, he, he guides you. It's not just like playing music quietly. He like tells you to think about things that you're grateful for and close your eyes. And, um, it's, it's a beautiful process because if you were to think now, like if you closed your eyes right now and thought about something you were grateful for, for like a second, and you could Mm -hmm. see it in your eye and like really smile, like you smile when you're grateful and feel your heart beating and just like see that beautiful image that makes you feel grateful for a second. It's like, okay, I feel a little bit better. I have a child or whatever it was that came to you. Most mothers are like my kids, you know, come to you like their laughter comes to you. And like that just for a minute can make you feel a little bit better about your situation. And really we live in America and Australia, first world countries, y'all like we don't have, like we have running water. That's clean. I mean, let's put it into perspective. Like I'm worried about my Facebook ad that didn't get approved. And it's like, who cares, man? You know, like this is like, it's crazy to think about that stuff. So I think gratitude Mm -hmm. at the end of the workshop, it's so beautiful. You should so come to Australia, Sarah, and come to the workshop. (laughs) Um, Yeah. at the end, my trip now. I know. It's like, she's going to come. We're going to do a live podcast. Um, Yeah. At the end, we do a beautiful gratitude exercise. And it's just like, I think that visualization, like, and, and a lot of these Louise Hayes and Wayne Dyer, they talk about visualization, Oprah, and it's it's a really beautiful thing to do because I think it just helps us really like get out of our stuff. Because as much as you can, stuff's going to come up. You're going to feel crap about things. Shit's going to happen. You're a parent or a parent to be, or maybe you lost a child. Like we had a miscarriage before Nava, and you're still a parent even if you lost a child, right? So I'm talking to all all parenting, all motherhood. It's like, it's hard, you know, like it is amazing, but it is so damn hard. And and, it, and it's a mind, I we call it a mind fuck in Australia, sorry. But that's, it's like, a, it's like fucking your mind. It's like, oh my God, it's like Groundhog Day movie on repeat with like cartoons, toast, bananas, crying babies, nappies, you know, uh, diapers, all that. And you're just like, oh my God, I'm never going to get out of this. And I think that's the key area is to manage your mind is to go, hold on, what am I thinking? Is that true? Where am I going with this thought? Just be, just be here. Like, just be here with the baby in this moment. Just be here with the pregnancy in this moment. Don't go to a future. Like, nothing's, nothing's wrong. Everything's cool. Just stay here. And I think if we start to learn how to manage our minds, because if you think about it, thoughts become things. Like, a, you had a thought to do a podcast, and now it's a thing. You know, like, this is a podcast out in the world, and it's impacting and helping people. And that was a thought one day that you had, it was a sentence in your mind, you know, and so this can create things that are awesome, but it can also create like relationships that aren't good, it can create you to take a job that you don't want to take, it can create you to do all kinds of stuff that you don't really want to have in your life. So I think watching our thoughts, because they manifest into physical, real things in the world. And that is 
kind of scary if you're thinking from a space of negative or past or fear. So uh, there's, there's one last thing that, that's really a, a, a good homework that I would love for people to do, because I think that a lot of us think other people are confident, like easy for them, you know, like they're beautiful or they're rich or they're, they've got a nanny or they're celebrities or whatever it is. Like, I know that we, I've, I've even said that before in the past, you know, and what I want you to consider is that you don't see things as they are, you see them as you are right? So you see things as you are. And I think that's a quote from Wayne Dyer. I don't know. I don't, maybe it doesn't have a a person that quotes it, but it's a famous quote. You don't see things as they are. You see them as you are. So when I'm up, when I'm up on, on a stage talking at people, people think that they see me, you know, or when you're watching a celebrity that you like, who do you like that you look up to? Like someone who motivates or inspires you, Sarah. Oh, so many people. I'll say Louise Hay because that's someone awesome. who she's someone who I definitely was inspired by. Okay, so Louise Hay. So when you saw Louise Hay or when you listen to her video still, like you don't really see her. Like what you see in her is what you already have. So like you see parts of yourself portrayed through Louise Hay. And it sounds really crazy, but if you think about it, you couldn't physically see that person if you didn't share the same thing they had. So I love Oprah. And I love Tony Robbins. And I wish if they had a baby, I'd be like their love child, right? <laughs> um, and that's because I just love his crazy ass energy. And I love her, like her rawness and her love for people. So like when I see Oprah, I'm seeing myself. I'm seeing the best qualities of myself that she's showcasing back to me. So she's like a mirror, right? So, so when you see someone you love, bam, that's you. And when you see someone you don't love that they, they also charge you and they give you this like, oh, this negative charge that consider that's also you like you have some of those qualities as well or maybe you used to have those qualities and that's why you get so charged up by them because if it wasn't you you couldn't see it you you physically like you wouldn't even be able to react to it so i do an exercise called the qualities of confidence and i want you to do it out there at home if you're listening to this if you have to replay it so basically i want you to think about three people in your life that you look up to, that you think they're super confident, they're super amazing, they've got all the qualities that you want, like three people, right? And you're like, okay, Oprah, okay, Tony Robbins and Gary Vee, because I love Gary Vee now. I'm obsessed with him, which is terrible, but I am. So, okay, so these three people. And then what I want you to do is think about the qualities that that person has that you love. Like, what are the qualities? And what you're going to do is write three qualities about them. Like, Oprah is, you know, inspiring, she is caring, and she is real, let's say, right? So you write the three qualities, even if you just choose one person, you could say Louise Hay, and you think about what are three qualities that Louise Hay has that you love. So you have the three qualities. So let's say whatever, 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 those three things, right? And what I'd love for you to do is just consider that you are that person because you can't see what you're not. It's in you. So if if you can see those three qualities in them, they are inside of you. And if you don't agree that you also have what Louise Hay has or I have what Oprah has, then maybe you just haven't decided to step up to being that person, like to being who you are within. Like, And they have had the courage to own their greatness. So if they have had the courage to own their greatness, you can too. You know? And, and yeah, yeah, and just like write down every day the th- what what's an action you can do? How can I be more inspiring? You know, I, I was speaking to a lady who was at my last workshop and she worked in an office and I'm like, "Can you be more inspiring day to day in your office?" She's like, "Yeah." I'm like, "Cool. 
just do like do the action of inspiring in your office. You're already doing that. Like you are that. So I think display, how can you display these qualities day to day and just try to actively purposefully display those three qualities that Louise Hay has in your everyday, you know, and, and that I love this because I think we think these people have these things we don't have and we have them too, you know? Absolutely. You know, one of the things that I wanted to share um, is something that I loved, something you wrote to me at an email, which is that uh, you think that the best way to raise confident children is to be an example for them. Yeah. Confidence yourself. Yeah. And I just wanted to repeat that because I think it's so true. It's hard enough uh, living life, you know, pre-motherhood, yeah. yeah. just as a human being on this planet. Totally. So uh, if com- confidence is something that that's for everyone, yeah. to work on and uh, self-love in particular. Mm. And, you know, having a child can just compound complexity in so many ways in life. And so, you know, I think it, it, it's never a better time than, uh, than now to start thinking about some of these things. Totally. And, and I just, I really love the idea of being an example of what we want to be. And something else someone said that I really like it, I want to repeat is that uh, someone said, hold yourself the way that you hold them. Yeah. Right? We love our children so much. Let's love ourselves too. And then be that example. Oh my God. Totally. Yeah. And that's the thing, like kids don't learn from, from like listening. They're not, they don't listen to us. Like, yeah, right. Right. Like they just watch what we do. Like my, my child just said the F bomb and I'm like, well, of course he did. Like I've said the F bomb and I'm sure he's heard me. So like, I'm not like, you shouldn't say that. I'm like, well, I said it. So of course he's going to say it. He doesn't know what it means, but like, I'm like, okay, so don't say that. Like they're watching, you know, all these kids now that are dieting. And I think one of the the big things that we, I don't know about you, but after having a baby, like our bodies, like how many mothers are like, oh my God, what the hell happened to my body? You know, like. Oh, and, for sure. There's, there's no going back. There's only forward and through yeah, motherhood. You don't yeah, go back. Exactly. And it's like. And, and stop wanting to, please stop wanting to go back. It's a new, beautiful thing. Our bodies are miracles. Exactly. I just think it's, and like, first of all, let's like reframe. You didn't just wake up one day with a saggy, bloated belly and separated abdominal wall. Like you had a baby, like a mini human came out of your body. That's what happened. Okay. You know, like, it's not like you just woke up and went, whoa, where did all this come from? It's like, there was a baby. And how many women like for infertility, they can't have babies or they've miscarried or they have to adopt a baby. Like if you look again, gratitude, you know, like be grateful that you, you carry the child in your body because so many, it's almost impossible to become a human. Like, I think it's like one in a trillion <laughs> chances that you, you can actually be born. Like, do you know what I mean? Like six days a month, uh, you know, like it's insane. And the fact that you can carry a child and like birth a child, however you birthed, right? It's like, that's huge. So, and, and in that pre post baby body talk, cause a lot of the women that come, I think they come to my workshop about self-confidence and I feel like 99% of it is image and the way they look, you know what I mean? Like it's not a fashion mm-hmm. workshop anymore, but I do fully believe that it is our own um, fight with ourselves about who we are in the world, how we look in the world, what we have in the world and what people are going to say or think about us. And that when you know who you are and you don't give a shit about what other people think about you genuinely because you know you can't control it, then you just be who you are, right? And then you you just start living and loving your life. You start you, you go to the you go to the beach with your kids in your bathing suit and you get in the water instead of missing out on getting in the water and playing with your kid. 
because you're worried yeah. about what how your body looks like the difference from somebody a size 22 in a bikini at a at a beach versus someone a size six is nothing they're two women in a freaking bikini and the size 22 doesn't give a shit and the size six is probably looking at her going i can't believe she's wearing that who cares like it's just two women in a bathing suit enjoying their time with their kids or you're on the sidelines watching your partner or watching your kids on their own and that sucks like that's a moment in time that you're not going to have because of you think other people are going to say she's fat or she's this or guess what they're going to think something anyway if you had a rocking kardashian body they would talk shit as well and her body's so perfect you know like who cares (laughs) like just go off and and enjoy enjoy yourself and yeah, I love that you said that because you're never going to get that body back. And and Deepak Chopra talks about it a lot. And I like totally geek out on this because he says like, oh, you, yeah. you know, he's like amazing. And he says like every four weeks you have new skin. Every 12 months you have a new body. Like literally your skeleton regenerates. So like your your skeleton bone is not the same. So it's like, where's this old body you're talking about? It's actually not around anymore and it can physically never become, you know, around. So I, I just, I think it's, it's great that you said that because we, we, we're trying to live in the past and that's also, it's again, control your mind, like watch what you're thinking because, um, it's not true. Um, one last thing that I wanted to leave you with is like a lot of, I don't know if, if I used to listen to like big podcasts when I was driving last year and I would love the Tim Ferriss show and all that, but it's like, they would interview a lot of guys and they would be like, what do you do the first 60 minutes of your morning? And I'm like, this is such bullshit. Like they're like meditating and reading books and writing the morning pages. And I'm like, um, I breastfeed and then I make toast and bananas. <laughs> and then we watch <laughs> cartoons for like half an hour. And then I breastfeed again. Like I, that's my morning ritual. And I, and I think moms that are, are wanting to, I don't know, feel productive can really struggle with that, that masculine feminine energy. And I would just say to you, like, just commit to doing something for yourself. Like now I just burn incense in the background while I do toast and bananas and watch the wiggles. Like it's a little thing that incense makes me feel calm and relaxed. Or I'll turn on a candle at 6am or like, what's the one thing you can do that feels like a nice ritual for you. You don't have to do the full on 60 minute meditation and because you can't. So then because you can't and you want to, then there's contrast and then you fight with yourself and then you think you're not doing enough or you're not good enough or things shouldn't be this way. And it's like, no, honey, things should be this way because that's how they are right now for you. Just put on a podcast in the background, you know, listen to fourth trimester podcast in the background while you're making the kids breakfast or put it on YouTube or, you know, like put something on that uplifts you and still makes you feel like you're doing something for yourself while you're handling the kids. Because I think that that's where we go wrong, mm-hmm. like thinking we're not doing enough. It's like, well, do what you can. Do what you can, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that's a great place to end. I'm so grateful once again for having you as a guest thank on the you. program. Thank you so much, Erica. Thank you. I love what you guys are doing. And thank you for those of y'all listening. And I can't wait to connect with y'all more. You can subscribe to this podcast in order to hear more from us. Thank you for listening, everyone, and I hope you'll join us next time on The Fourth Trimester. The theme music on this podcast was created by Sean Trott. Hear more at soundcloud.com slash Sean Trott. Special thanks to my true loves, my husband Ben, daughter Penelope, and baby girl Evelyn. Don't forget to share The Fourth Trimester podcast with any new and expecting parents. I'm Sarah Trott. Goodbye for now. Hello again. Bicycle man, 
you're doing all that you can I wrote the song simple and true I wrote the song I'll sing a song for you you got your wheels you got your gears you ride around town with your pedals, you got your brakes, you always wear your helmet for safety's sake. Song, I sing a song for you. 